Morning again, everyone. And happy Easter. Dear Father, I ask of you this morning that you would bless us in such a way that we would every day live in the power and the hope of the resurrection. I pray that we would remember each morning when we get up, each new day that we face, that it is new because of you, that our lives are new because of you, that all things are new because of you, because your son does not sit in a grave somewhere. Because just as his death was a sacrifice once and for all, his new life, he lives For all eternity, he is King of kings and Lord of lords, yesterday, today, and forever. Let us live in the strength and the power of that, and let us live and work in the hope of that. I ask this in the name of the name of your risen Son, Jesus. Amen. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. Of course she was. Of course she was crying. Think about what she had been through in the preceding days. This man, this Jesus who she came to understand was more than just a man. She had watched him die. This man who had gathered the crowds by saying something that was new, yet somehow very old. Something that was novel, yet at the same time struck a chord of truth that couldn't be denied. This man who had freed her from the demonic influences upon her life. This man who had shown her a new way to be, a new way to live, this man who had given her everything, more than she could have ever imagined for herself, she had watched him die. And not only that, it wasn't just some accident, it wasn't just some illness. No, he was taken by powerful people with an axe to grind. He was taken because they didn't like the truth that he spoke. And so he didn't just die. No, he was humiliated. He was mocked. He was beaten. He wasn't given a fair trial because there was no fair charge that could be leveled against him. But again, those with power whipped the crowds into a frenzy so that they yelled, crucify him. For no reason, no good reason. She had stood there as he was humiliated, as he was tortured, as he died, and then laid in a tomb. And so that morning, early on the first day of the week, she went to that tomb, ready again 
to mourn. But something wasn't right. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the the stone had been removed from the entrance. Not only had they taken him in life, but now someone has taken him in death. She ran and she found Peter and John, said the stone was moved, the tomb was empty. They ran to check it out. They saw it for themselves and they believed what she said, but they went away probably not knowing quite what to make of it either. They didn't yet understand any more than she did. So now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said. I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will get him. She came that morning looking for a tomb. She came that morning looking for a dead man. And when he he wasn't there, she didn't know quite what to make of it. And so she makes probably the most correct mistake in all of recorded history. She sees the risen Jesus and she thinks that he's the gardener. She's certainly not expecting a risen Lord. So when she sees this man... He thinks, oh, this must just be the gardener. But I love that John records it this way. Because he is, isn't he? Because just as the first Adam came, initiating life in this world, just as he was that gardener, tending the garden according to the will of God. So here was the last Adam the founder not of humanity as we think of it in terms of flesh and blood, but this founder of the new humanity. Here was the gardener getting ready to plant a new Eden, getting ready to found a new realm of God with and among his people. So she came looking for a dead man, and when she didn't see it, she didn't know quite what to do. But then... Everything changed. When Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned around and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father. To my God and your God. He said her name 
and everything changed. That went from a moment of the deepest grief and agony. A moment of the deepest and most profound confusion to the moment of greatest joy and a laser-like focus and clarity when, he heard, when she heard the word of her Lord, when she heard him speaking her name. In that moment, everything changed for her. And in that moment, she was able to realize that absolutely everything had changed. Jesus says to her, don't hold on to me as Rabboni. Do not hold on to me. Don't just call me teacher and hold on to me for what I once was because something is different now. Today, I'm not just your teacher. Today, I'm your family. I love that she tells her, he tells her to go to, not to my disciples, not to my followers. He says, go to my brothers. Because today they have new life in this family of God as well. He says, go to my brothers because our relationship is different now. Over and over again in the Gospels, we see Jesus talking about the Father in the terms of my Father. Talking about my God. But here, something different happens. Something has fundamentally changed in the way he could even talk about the Father God. He says, I am ascending to my Father and your Father. To my God and your God. Today, things have changed. The relationship has been made new. Something that we could never say before. Well, today, we can say it. Because Jesus has overcome sin and death. I can't help but think that in that moment, the story of the prodigal son takes on a whole new meaning as they look back on it. You see, when the first hearers of that story heard it, they may have recognized something of their own story there. Recognize that their people, Israel, had been away in a far country, had been in exile. Maybe they realized that in their sin, in their unfaithfulness, in their broken humanity, they hadn't been worthy to call themselves sons and daughters of God. Maybe they realized when Jesus first said it, That there was a father who loved them, but they were a child unworthy of that name. But here, in this moment, he says, no, today my father is your father. Today we have an elder brother acting how we should. An elder brother says, I'm now the firstborn from among the dead, and you are my brothers, you are my sisters. My father is now your father, and nothing will ever Be the same. Today we have a new relationship that you never could have claimed for yourself, that you never could have made for yourself or earned for yourself. But today go and tell my brothers that I'll be ascending, not just to my father, but to your father. Not just to my God, but to your God as well. 
And I ask you to stand there this morning with Mary Magdalene and ask yourself some questions. Where do you stand today? Where have you come? We've probably got a hundred different stories in this room right now. We've got a hundred different places where we have set our feet and we look out at the world around us and we see the situation that we found ourselves in. Maybe today you're standing in a graveyard. Maybe you're not, but maybe you've been there. Maybe you know that you'll be there. Wherever you stand today, there's a pretty good chance, knowing the way this world works, that you have a reason to weep. That you can stand there with Mary at the tomb crying. That there is some broken heart some broken dream, some understanding that, like we talked about in the last couple of weeks, that things are just not the way they're supposed to be. Maybe you look within yourself and you know that the brokenness of your own sin breaks God's heart and yours as well, and you weep. Maybe you look out at the world around you, you see the trouble and the hardship and the chaos, the pain that we inflict upon one another, And you weep. Maybe there's a name in your head right now. Someone that you love. But when you think about them, because of your love for them, you weep. But what do you see? I'd ask you to stand this morning at the empty, open tomb and look in and ask yourself, what do I see when I look there? When I look into the tomb, what am I expecting to see? Am I expecting to see something empty? Am I expecting to see nothing? Am I expecting to look into the tomb, see nothing there? And being left with despair and confusion. If you're looking for that, you'll probably find it. But I want you to know something this morning. That when we look into the empty tomb, we don't look into a place of hopelessness. We don't look into a place of confusion. We don't look into a place where someone has taken our Lord. No, we look where our Lord used to lie because He has risen. The resurrection declares that there is always reason for hope. The resurrection declares that no matter where we stand, no matter why we weep, no matter what we think we see around us, that if we truly see what's there, that we have reason for hope as well because Christ has come, He has died, He has risen He has begun all things new. And so I also ask the question that Jesus asks. Who are you looking for? Are you looking for a dead man? Are you looking for a man who's had a lot of influence on history? Are you looking for a man who is a really good teacher? 
a man who has a lot of good things to say about how we should live our lives, about good morals and good society and how to treat one another. Well, there are a lot of men like that. There are a lot of dead men like that. And they may have something that you can learn from. But instead, are you looking this morning, not just for a man who once was, but are you looking for a living, risen Lord? Are you looking for something that was or for someone who is this very day? Someone whose presence is with us right now as we gather here together in his name. Because I promise you, and I can promise you this because Jesus did, that if you seek him, you will find him. If you're looking for a risen Lord, you will find him. He will not hide himself from you. And if you listen, you'll even hear him call your name. And in that moment, just as for Mary, in that moment when she heard her name and she knew that everything had changed and she would never be the same. In that moment, if you listen for his voice, if you seek him with all your heart and you hear him call your name, you will see that everything has changed. And for you, this will be the beginning of all things being made new. Not just different. Not just a little better, or maybe just a little more bearable. That might be decent news if we could say, hey, come to Jesus and maybe you can stand this life. Well, okay, thanks, I guess. <laughs> the message isn't bring Christ your broken life and you know, he'll put a coat of wax on it, shine it up a little bit and send you back out there and... We'll try real hard and maybe things will be a little easier because at least you've got this other thing you can think about to distract yourself. No, that is not the good news of Jesus Christ. The good news is that because he lives a new life, you can have new life as well. He doesn't just offer you something that's a little bit better. He doesn't just offer you something that will help out in the hard times. No, he's offering you something new and something different. And over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about some of the ways that this new life looks different. We're going to talk about what new life looks like. But today, we plant our feet firmly on the fact of the resurrection because that's what all of it hinges upon. Today, we know that we can have something new, that we can have new life because Christ is risen from the dead. Because new life has begun in him. But it doesn't stop there. It's the beginning of all things new, but not just for Mary. Not just for you. Not just for me. Because as it says there in verse 18, Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said all these things to her. Just like Mary, we have a message to share. If you have sought him, if you have seen his face, if you have heard him call your name, 
if you have seen that all things are new for you, because he has risen, you don't just have some good information to share. No, you have the good news to share. You have the news that you have seen the Lord. If you have seen him this morning, if you've lived a life that's been impacted by the life of Christ and he has given you that new life, I pray that you're telling somebody about it. And if you're here this morning and you've heard about this Jesus and you think you might hear him calling your name, I pray that you would turn around, you would look, you would see him, you would see your teacher, but also see your Lord. And you can come to him and be part of his family. If you want to confess your faith in him this morning, come be buried into his name and into his life in baptism, to be risen up, to walk a new life, a new life, not a different life, a new life just as his. We can help you with that this morning. Or if there's anything else at all that we can do so that you can take hold of this new life that Christ has offered you, I pray that you'd come and let us know how we can help. Because we have seen the Lord and we can help you find him as well. Please come let us know how we can help you while we stand and while we sing.